I didn't realize that you're gonna be your own DJ at your wedding. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, I got I got it all covered. The wedding's costing too much money. We're pulling back on uh, a lot of stuff, and that's one of them. <laughs> Why not make your own song for your first dance? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It's really weird that you wouldn't want your first dance as a couple to be as authentic to you as possible. And you should make your own. And it should be EDM. And EDM that is acapella. Yeah, acapella EDM mouth sounds. Has to be spur of the moment, so you could never do it again. No. No, 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 because it's for this moment. And if it's recorded, I'll sue. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is my fault. Um, and then he, anyway, I did watch the first half of Blue Velvet in my car. Uh, <laughs> and then I stopped when the uh, <laughs> rape scene happened. And <laughs> I was like, I guess I have to come back to this later. <laughs> you show... Nothing but contempt for the movies that I show you in the ways that you choose to watch them. I just didn't have t- I didn't have <laughs> time today. Um uh, Friday we went to a wedding and that was fun. Mm-hmm. You well while you were texting me, it sounded like you weren't having any fun. Uh, it was before I pretty much stopped texting you right around when cocktail hour, because <laughs> <laughs> I was bored before <laughs> then. Ah. Um, but once drinks get started, hey. Yeah. Right. Um. Then yesterday, Rigoletto came back to Milwaukee for the weekend, and. Mm-hmm. Heat car and I went to go see the new Spider-Man movie, which was really good. Um, yeah, I'm excited to go see that. I was supposed to see it last weekend, but stuff came up. Life happens. Life happened. Uh, and then, so we were driving back to my apartment, which is only like five blocks away. And mm. there was this like big procession of people who were on the sidewalk, but they were all in red dresses, like men and women. And I was like, is this like, we were all confused. Like, is this a pride thing? Like, why are yeah. they all in red dresses? And they like a lot of them were like belligerently drunk and I what just looked it up it? today. There's like this red dress run that has happened. I couldn't find anything for what happened yesterday, but like it has happened in Milwaukee before where everyone dresses in a red dress for uh, heart disease <laughs> or something. Yeah, hearts are red. Yeah, and feminine. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, are waiting at this intersection and Takara and Rigoletto are in the front and they're talking and I look out the window and there's this big guy, big gut in a red dress, big beard. He, his eyes are like messed up. Like he's very drunk mm-hmm. and he <laughs> is just pointing at me as he walks down the sidewalk and i was just like 
hi <laughs> like i have my window up <laughs> and, then he, and then he goes like he goes like <laughs> to me what if this goes in the episode um ethan make note that wesley did the thing where you spread your fingers in a v across your mouth and then stick your tongue out that's what this man did to him. <laughs> and then he he uh well, i just responded pussy. with i just nodded <laughs> and i mouthed wow <laughs> and, then, and then he like did some kissy faces to me and i just said i just kept nodding and said hi <laughs> And then he, like, smacked his gut and rubbed his belly. And I gave him a thumbs up. And then we drove off. And Riccoletto and Takara hadn't witnessed any of it. So it was like, uh, even though it was in public, it seemed like a very odd, like a very private and intimate exchange I had with someone. This is this is something that only you two know happened, <laughs> right? Despite being outside or, with many people around, and quite possibly only I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Yeesh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can we get him on the show? Yeah, man. Um. Yeah. So June's off to a great start for the both of us. (laughs) It's an omen of some kind. I just have to figure out what kind. (laughs) Yeah, what does it mean? Did you have a dream afterwards to to maybe clarify? No? Mm. That in itself seems like another omen. Yeah. You've simply not yet woken up. We should get uh, Daryl to stop playing League of Legends and come join us. You can't. <laughs> you know how long one game of League of Legends takes to play? I know nothing about League of Legends. I up, get it confused up. with Magic the Gathering all the time. Magic the Gathering is a card game. League of Legends is one of the ugliest looking games to play of all time. Uh, and each game takes about 45 minutes to an hour to play. Explain it to me like I've only ever played Clash of Clans. I haven't played Clash of Clans, so I can't so do that. <laughs> Anyone do it anyways. You're in two clans of five, and you clash with each other. Okay. I'm, I'm starting to pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah. You got it. This episode of We Ain't Seen Nothing Yet is brought to you by Clash of Clans. Use promo code Weasney to get a 25% discount on your next 30 pulls of units. And we're back in it. Oh, fuck. Ah. <laughs> My leg fell asleep. Ugh. Uh... Now that we're sponsored, should we start the episode? Or do we need a a, a villain of this week? Uh, the villain of this week is the man who made me, <laughs> who sexually harassed me while I was in the privacy of a car. <laughs> I think that only makes sense. <laughs> He's the villain by which we will measure all other villains this season. <laughs> He's pretty tame compared to a lot of them. to a new edition of We Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, the game show where one of us is quizzed on a movie they haven't seen while the other one is sexually harassed while sitting in the backseat of a car. By a big-bellied, bearded man. On the sidewalk. I'm your co-host, Wes, and this is your other co-host, Ethan. A big, bearded, bellied man (laughs) in a red dress. Uh, Alright, so today we are talking Blue Velvet and Kingsman? Yes, Kingman. Kingsman. 
not The King's Man. That's the newest movie, which has only been received poorly. <laughs> and it also serves as a sequel to The King's Speech. Ray Fiennes is only in one of them, and I challenge you to guess which. Um. All right, so Blue Velvet. Ethan just finished watching it. Uh, yeah. He continues to uh, insult me. <laughs> And the movies, the good movies I show him uh, by choosing to watch them on his phone (laughs) or in the workplace with half of his attention. (laughs) Okay, I want to say that this time I was fully engaged with the movie, despite how I was watching the first 25 minutes. Okay, so... (laughs) I am able to turn on tunnel vision to focus on a movie. So, uh, you said you haven't seen it because Lynch is scary. Uh, what do you know about it? You said Blue Velvet features a room like Twin Peaks with the drapes. Uh, there's a trip. And the storyline is uh, easier. Wait. Yeah, you said the storyline is easier to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave you a quarter point. I think that's fair. Uh, for the most part, this is one of the more straightforward yeah. David Lynch films. I think the only one that's more straightforward than this is his Disney movie, The Straight Story. I've never even heard of it. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say just having said the word room and having you accentuate it in that way. I think that Tommy Wiseau was trying to make this movie when he made The Room. I'm willing to bet he saw it. I don't know if he was trying to make this movie. I think he was trying to make his own Blue Velvet. Mm. And the woodenness almost worked. (laughs) Uh... My second question was, what does Baby want? You got this wrong. Ethan, can you tell us what did Baby want? (laughs) Baby wants to fuck. (laughs) It was at that point when I took my phone off the dashboard of my car. (laughs) Placed it down on the seat next to me. Just in case anybody walked by my car (laughs) and saw what was happening across the street from the LGBT choir. (laughs) A very closeted and confused gentleman is watching the Blue Velvet uh, graphics, most graphic scene (laughs) by the Pride Parade. Uh, just doing my laundry, I swear. <laughs> I forgot that Pride was happening. Um, Why does Jeffrey return to his hometown, Ethan? You said it was Christmas or he just... Re- well, it's Christmas time and he returns home and he meets a girl at an inn. You described it as a Hallmark movie. Um, I mean, he does have a Hallmark relationship with this girl. But he comes back to the town because his dad is sick. Yeah. He has, like, a stroke of some kind. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say they have quite a Hallmark relationship because she still is in high school. And Hallmark doesn't usually cross that line, to my knowledge. No. No. I mean, like, at least his character was just, like, in his early years of college. Right. Yeah. And she was probably graduating soon. Sure. I didn't love it. <laughs> right. But it it doesn't... And their relationship's pretty pure for the most he part. He gets that other stuff out somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> He's corrupted elsewhere. <laughs> um, what does Jeffrey find in the field on his walk? Uh, this is one of the parts of this movie that is most remembered by people who I should yeah I should have known this because this is referenced in 
the David Lynch reference heavy game called Deadly Premonition, which I think you might like if it was a game that functioned in any spectacular way. It's a very buggy game, which you might actually enjoy. Mm. Um, but in that game, someone collects tongues. In this movie, it's uh, an ear. Gotcha. Remind me to send you the name of that game after this. <laughs> so you got that wrong, too. You thought it was a baby or footprints or a decapitated chicken. You got closer with decapitated chicken. But... Mm-hmm. What's a chicken's head if not an entire ear? Human ear. Yeah, an entire human ear. I think that if I lost my ear, you could graft a chicken head to the side of my head and it would work. Um, you said for our season question, what makes Frank a terrifying villain? You said a bunch of stuff that was wrong, but then you said he was sadistic. And hey, you got that right. He <laughs> has absolutely zero moral compass. He's a uh, loose cannon and is just looking to destroy everything that's around him. Yeah. He's a monster. Uh, He's a bad guy. Uh, He talks like a season three, I think you should leave character. (laughs) Uh, So you got a point. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to multiple inti- choice. Every, every single time he spoke, I was like, I shouldn't have, don't watch I Think You Should Leave before you watch this, <laughs> because he just sounds like a Tim Robinson character. Sure. Um, multiple choice. The song Blue Velvet is featured in this movie, which song is featured almost as prominently. You were really hoping for Tutti Frutti. <laughs> No, it's not that. Uh, I couldn't tell you the name of any song in this movie. It's In Dreams by Roy Orbison. Ah, yeah, that's right. Who, once this movie came out, uh, for years said David Lynch ruined this song. Yeah. (laughs) He did. By making his weird, fucked up, fuckhead villain speak the lyrics to it. Hey, guys, I know I don't swear a lot anymore, but I'm going to do it a lot this episode. (laughs) But only the word fuck. (laughs) I'll fuck anything that moves. We should sing. And I disappear. (laughs) Three, two, one. Uh, what does Jeffrey do to learn more about uh, singer Dorothy? You breaks said... Breaks into her house. What was that? He breaks into her house, but go on. I know it was multiple choice. Yeah, he uh, breaks into her house and poses as a pest control guy. Mm-hmm. A bugman. Yeah. As she calls him. Uh, you said that he calls her and pretends to be the police. Nah, he needed to get in there. Yeah. Need to get the keys or leave the door or leave the window open. In there. Yeah. He makes no moves to leave a window open. I think I realize he doesn't have a lot of time, yeah. but he is directly next to a window. Sure. And he could say you need to leave this open because of the chemicals. He doesn't try very hard. He steals a woman's keys, which I feel like she would notice we're gone. Yeah, but to be fair enough, like, he's in a high-pressure situation. He's never done anything like this before. To our knowledge, yeah. he's, like, pretty much a pretty straight-laced guy, and this is, like, his first foray into... Into the world of crime. Yeah. Uh, what was in Sandy's dream? You said coffee. Anyone who's a David Lynch fan knows that coffee plays a role in pretty much everything but it was wrong not in this movie at all really yeah not featured much well it's a thousand robins yeah and they signified love you know how in your dreams you're really able to pinpoint exactly what stuff means (laughs) sandy can um well it's just like a david lynch trope where dreams are 
the guiding light for people because reality is too horrifying. Makes me wonder why we didn't see the dream because I feel like that's a thing that Lynch likes to show us often. But I guess you'll talk about that later when we talk about these Robins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What is a love letter straight from Frank's heart? You got this wrong, too. It just seemed too obvious. It really seemed too (laughs) obvious. The correct answer is a bullet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I just, I was like, it can't just be a bullet, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Frank is a simple man. Uh, then, which is not a line from this movie? Let me see if you can get this. A, he put his disease inside of me. That's in this movie. B, we live inside of a dream. C, Bud, King of Beers. That's in this movie. D. Heineken. Fuck that shit. Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's in the movie, too. <laughs> yeah. We Live Inside of a Dream is from the newest season of uh, Twin Peaks. Of what? Twin Peaks. Ah. Uh, you know, Frank also kind of sounds like Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> A timely reference for us. <laughs> yeah. Two big Johnny Carson fans. Yeah. What? No, Vince McMahon. Was... I'm thinking of Ed McMahon. <laughs> You're thinking of Ed McMahon. I was like, not that Vince McMahon is like a super timely reference for us either. But he's alive. <laughs> yeah, he's alive. He just took over the WWE again. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish... Oh, we should do a swap. <laughs> we should do... A wife swap where Ed McMahon... A wife swap and Vince McMahon switch places. There's <laughs> uh, <Here's> Jimmy! <laughs> True or false, Laura Dern is in this movie. Yes? Yeah. She's, yeah, the, that's she's our... the love interest. She's Sandy. Yeah, Sandy. <laughs> I was like, I recognize her face, but every time I see her, I'm only seeing Alan Ruck. (laughs) Uh, You said that was true as well, so you got a point, finally. Okay. Uh, There is no velvet of any color in this movie. You said true. That is false. Hey, we don't know for sure that it's velvet. It could be cashmere, and Frank just doesn't know. Okay. He's the only one who identifies the fabric, and I don't (laughs) think he's a reliable narrator. (laughs) He fetishizes it, and I feel like he would have, if there's a few things he knows, it's the things that he fetishizes. One, nitrous oxide. Two, being a baby. And three, blue velvet. Uh, You said it was true that Frank kisses Jeffrey. Yeah, and he does. Mm -hmm. Gets blood all over his mouth. It was lipstick. Was it? He also had a bloody nose, so I thought it might have been blood. No, it was lipstick. Hmm. Just like Bugs Bunny. There, I was reading, I don't recall much of it, but I was reading uh, an LGBTQ critique of this movie, and it made a good argument of Frank's uh, sexuality being pan he outright declares it well (laughs) there's just the i mean there's so much sexuality that's explored in this movie in general but yeah i mean for the time that this came out uh it's a very intriguing uh position that frank's in or character I, i while i agree that article is probably interesting it is somewhat funny to do like a deep dive like character study on a man who screams the phrase i'll fuck anything that moves and then disappears as though by magic (laughs) (laughs) 
you said it was false that Dorothy has a husband and son. She does have those things. Yep. One of them has a cool hat, as notated. Notated. Yes. By Jeffrey. And one is hat. missing an ear. Mm-hmm. I just like as soon as Jeffrey finds that photo, the first thing he says is, "Oh, hat." <laughs> Uh, you said it was false that Slow and Steady is the name of the club Dorothy sings at. You got a point. That Do you is, remember what yeah. the name is? Oh, fuck. It's Slow something. Slow. It's not Slow Burn. Slow. It's it's something dumb. It's something so dumb. Slow drum. It's like Slow song. Ugh, I can't remember. It's just Slow Club. <laughs> Slow fuck! I knew it! I knew it! I knew it was I was going too smart. It was literally just slow club. Fuck. Because it's it's great because Jeffrey's like, oh, let's go to the slow club uh tonight when he's talking to Sandy. And then we cut to the slow club and slow we club. literally see a neon light. The slow club. Okay, my favorite second establishing shot in this movie is the second time that we go to Alberta's because it's the same shot they use the first time they go to Alberta's like the timing mm-hmm. on the truck passing is yeah. the same <laughs> very um, black dynamite uh, then finally you said it was true that Frank Huff's markers to get high <laughs> I thought this would have been very funny <laughs> yeah, in too. hindsight but uh... he <coughs> carry a tank of nitrous oxide with him yeah we're not quite sure what the i've always assumed that too but we're not quite sure what the gas is um how does he carry the tank we see him hold it in one shot yeah and it's a pretty big tank that he has strapped to him Mm -hmm. i don't know man well he's able to pop it out like a high schooler doing improv (laughs) <laughs> it's here one second and now it's not it's one of the uh, interesting things about his character i think like he he can disappear at will himself sure and apparate a nitrous oxide machine mm-hmm. he uh there's not a lot of other things that are interesting about him but the fact that he chooses <laughs> to use that to get high <laughs> and just like him with his gas mask mm-hmm. yeah it's when he it's when he stops talking after doing that where i think he sounds the most like wwe's vince mcmahon <laughs> <laughs> all right and finally i shared a screen grab with you do you remember what the picture was this was ben mm-hmm Lip syncing to a little tune with his light bulb. Yeah, in dreams. In dreams. Right before Frank really doesn't like the way he's doing it anymore (laughs) and turns the music off. Right. This is like during the... There, there's a couple climaxes in this movie, but this is when things are like the most dangerous for sure. When yeah. it's like you have no idea what's going, like they're going into the night and you have no idea where they're going. They're... Let's go to Ben's. He's so <laughs> suave. <laughs> he says that so much. Ben, Ben, you're so suave. <laughs> it's so close to him when he says it. I like. It looks like they walk into an old folks home mm-hmm. and I'm like who the fuck is this man? <laughs> yeah, the the people that Ben hangs with are all like late middle age women <laughs> right. who look like they yeah, either belong in a nursing home or just like they're just suburban. <laughs> I'm Paul. <laughs> Have you met Paul? <laughs> Uh, but you said this was a who from Ron Howard's cringe. <laughs> I stand by that statement. Yeah, the nose, the nose is really there. Um, and the hair. I'll give you the hair too. Yeah, and the and the suit. That's why I'm giving you a quarter point for that answer. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's the only point you get. 
<laughs> hey, I said it was at the climax of the movie. Unfortunately, this movie both has multiple climaxes and doesn't have any. Yeah, I would say that the climax of the movie is shooting Frank in the face. That was that would probably be the biggest one, yeah. But in this part of the movie, I would say the climax is when Jeffrey is yanked out of the car and is getting the shit beaten out of him. Yeah, that's fair. Because you don't know, it's like, is he going to live? <laughs> <laughs> right. Is the rest of the movie just going to be us following Frank around to see what he does? <laughs> if so, great movie, great movie. <laughs> Um, my favorite scene in this movie, and what I think is, like, the funniest part, mm-hmm. is when the lady gets on top of the car and starts dancing to In Dreams while so, Jeffrey's getting the shit beaten out of him. She's just that, grooving. <laughs> I did kind of anticipate that something like that would happen, though. What made you anticipate that? Well, the the I remember when I guessed on the screenshot, I was like, this is going to be during the climax of the movie. Mm. And it's going to be like intercut with the, one of the most violent things in the movie happening. Sure. This guy singing and that person just getting absolutely wailed on. I just picked the wrong guy who was dancing. Sure. But uh, somebody dancing while something awful happens feels david lynch to me (laughs) yeah yeah as it was happening i was like he's back in his wheelhouse baby (laughs) there's david lynch at his finest (laughs) so yeah uh you didn't do well on this quiz at all um So let's get see if you make up any ground with these bonus questions. Okay. In order to get the full point on this open-ended question, you need to name both of Frank's guys. Uh, wait. When you say both of Frank's guys, do you mean the guy that works for the police as well? Or no. do you just mean his two goons? Just the two goons that i only know paul i only know paul because as soon as he said i'm paul my brain went <laughs> i gotta do this joke and then i went on my phone <laughs> i'm paul, I was like, I to... <laughs> Hi, I'm, paul. <laughs> I'm paul uh the other guy's name was raymond ah oh, fuck i did know that <laughs> so you get half I, a point it's because i kept thinking of tom gordon like that name was locked in my head but that guy works for the police i guess yeah, so uh, my multiple choice question was, who is the yellow man? Tom Gordon. All right. <laughs> he works for the police. A child. And then... I get two points for that because you didn't give me the options, right? <laughs> I'm not going to give you any bonus points for getting a bonus point. I want bonus, bonus points. Uh Baby wants a fucking bonus, bonus <laughs> point. <laughs> Then, uh, finally, true or false, Meadow Lane is where Darth- Dorothy's apartment is. There's a couple different streets. False. False. I don't think that's that's right. I feel like we see the name of it, but it's not that. That is correct. It is false. Because it doesn't make sense in Lumberton. Meadow Lane is the street that the lumber mill where Jeffrey's oh. getting the shit beaten out of him. Metal Lane is where I fucking grew up. (laughs) (laughs) So before I reveal your final score, Ethan, would you watch Blue Velvet again? I was giving it some thought. I had a lot of time today to process everything that I had watched. And... I do think that this movie is interesting, probably almost as interesting as the chicken walk. Um, No laugh from that. Okay. What's the chicken walk? What do you mean? Jeffrey, uh, when he's walking, do you know the the chicken walk? And then he starts doing it. And then she just goes, that's very interesting. (laughs) 
that, I was like, oh, fuck, that's good. <laughs> that got me. I was like, she could have said any word, but she says that's very interesting. And, oh, Laura Dern tries so hard to sell that line delivery, but it is not written for a human to say. Um. Uh, anyway, I I want to watch this movie again, but the level of sexual violence on display is a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which which holds me back. Like, if I were to watch this movie, it would be a long time from now, and I would probably skip that part. Yeah. Um, and I certainly would not watch it on the dashboard of my car directly <laughs> outside the L.A. Pride Parade. <laughs> yeah i would say this is the third time i've seen it the first time i watched it i'm pretty sure i fell asleep because it was very late at night Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like the last time i saw it i saw it the last weekend and then the last time i saw it was like three years before that so I feel like that's a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. The other thing is this movie does not feel like a social experience oh, no. to me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like watching this movie with someone else ruins it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because then you just start playing up the dumb bits and then feel super uncomfortable during the right. very dark parts <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like something that should either be watched alone or in a movie theater where you're just not talking. Right. And then you would walk out after and... Not make uh, any eye contact. (laughs) Not make any eye contact. And then as soon as we get back to my car, Kira would say, why did you make me see that? (laughs) I take it you did not watch any part of this movie with Kira. (laughs) The reason that I wanted to watch it at the laundromat is because I knew I would be able to watch it by myself. <laughs> and if she heard the part where Frank says, baby wants to fuck, she would be very upset. <laughs> naturally, naturally. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll rewatch it um, at some point. I, I don't know when. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll rewatch it. It's a maybe, but certainly later. I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I liked this better than I liked Eraserhead. I think it's a more complete package. I mean, it's um, a, there's a linear narrative. <laughs> yeah, which is nice. It teases a lot of the stuff that I found fun about Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a few years prior. Yeah, like you can definitely tell something mm-hmm. was was coming to a boil yeah. in Lynch's mind before he decided to make network television. <laughs> uh, was it cable or network? I don't yeah, remember. It was ABC. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah. Before it was owned by Disney, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was right as it was one of the first thing Disney announced that they were going to be producing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the thing about David Lynch movies is his goal is to make you feel uncomfortable and disturbed, and he succeeds at that with this movie. I just don't like feeling that way. Yeah, fair enough. I like feeling um, un uh, just unrecoverably depressed sure that's what i like from movies and that this movie doesn't give me that but what i appreciate about this movie compared to some of his others where it just feels like like in mulholland drive which i know you haven't seen you just Mm -hmm. feel by the end you're just trapped in just like total despair true yeah yeah. this one does give you an out right like it's it's exploring this like now pretty well trodden ground of like the suburbs being a facade and beneath Mm -hmm. the surface, there's all this decay and moral immoral behaviors and crime Mm -hmm. and perversions. 
It's and, interesting for David Lynch just to tackle the theme of like coming into adulthood and the loss mm-hmm. of innocence. Yeah. It's weird because it feels like such a standard theme right, to yeah. tackle. And like the, but the movie ends with a return to form. You see the fireman waving on the fire truck yeah. again. It's a, and, it's bookended by the same yeah. scenes. But what, I like about the Ethan was disturbed by the mechanical robins. <laughs> oh yeah, the we animatronic robins that. that are at the end, and like the robins represent like the like the the suburbs or like the return to love, the return to light. Mm-hmm. But what like they thought about using real robins on this movie, but David Lynch ultimately went with mechanical. Because it plays into the theme still of it's still yeah. a facade. Like you're, it's, it's your, it's your consciousness. Like mm-hmm. you can be aware that this is a facade and you can mm-hmm. live within that facade as long as you're aware that it is a facade. Right. And then it, it builds into it thematically because the Robin's eating a bug and it's mm-hmm. disturbing. And it's like, how much do you really want to look into that? Right. I could analyze this movie. And, like, like we saw real... that shot where when the Jeffrey's father has the stroke and then it zooms into the grass and there's all those bugs wiggling around mm-hmm. in the dirt. And like love prevails over evil right. ultimately. But and the dog starts eating the hose, and I'm like, haha, that is what dogs do. I like that. And the baby just <laughs> unsupervised walking on the sidewalk crying. Very the godfather. Yeah. <laughs> Very Vito Corleone dying in the godfather. So, uh, Ethan, would you say our season question uh frank is he one of the worst villains (laughs) okay so i was thinking about that while i was watching this movie because when i was seeing him on like those villain lists where he's coming in at like number 13 so like just edging his way out of the top 10 Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know if he's that good (laughs) but i i also think it's because i couldn't stop thinking of him (laughs) as silly like he's disgusting yes but i i don't know there's he's doing horrible disgusting things but at no point was i ever like this guy's kind of funny (laughs) like he's bad but he's a cartoon (laughs) he's a cartoon man in the real world sure I don't know. I think he's. Uh, I think he's a pretty bad villain. I think if yeah, you no. went into it not knowing much about the movie, which I mean, I guess you didn't know much. <clears throat> um, but I mean, like, didn't even know much about David Lynch. Mm-hmm. I think you would find okay. it disturbing. You you know what I I think here here's where here's here's the weird sticking point that I have for this movie which isn't fair at all. Uh so did I tell you about when I watched uh Showgirls? No. At the Hollywood Cemetery. Okay. So Showgirls, I don't know when it came out in relation to this movie, but is also about sexual violence and stars Kyle MacLachlan. Okay. And so Kyle MacLachlan is like the villain in that movie, essentially. And I thought that he was worse than Frank is in this, if that makes sense. Hmm. But that's that's me comparing it to another movie that I had seen, which just happens to have the same actor. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I think Frank is bad. I think he's one of the worst movie villains of all time, but... okay. As to where he stacks up specifically, I don't know. I will be more interested when we compare villains uh, across these movies. <laughs> I'm interested to see how you compare him to uh, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. 
Right, because Hannibal always comes out at like number one, number two. Yeah. I'm very curious about how bad is he actually. Have you seen any Hannibal Lecter related media? No. I have seen every once in a while there is a Hannibal Lecter reference in something <laughs> where someone's carted in on <laughs> like a stretcher and they have the mask and they do the hiss and the tongue flicks. That's that's my understanding of Hannibal Lecter. And I think maybe maybe I saw one five minute clip of the Mads Mickelson TV show because my mom watched it. That's a good show. I believe it. Mads Mikkelsen is a good actor? It's uh it becomes a bit of a mind fuck. Okay. Um but anyways, uh speaking of having your mind fucked, Ethan, you got seven points. <laughs> it's good to be quizzed again. <laughs> Roaring back. <laughs> it's uh it's like I never left. <laughs> If you thought that my time making nothing but quizzes for the past half a year <laughs> wasn't enough, uh, I'm still bad at this game. All right. Uh, so we're going to take a short break, and then uh, Ethan's going to quiz me on Kingsman. Yeah, baby. It's more crossover with Austin Powers than you might think. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's not. There's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of crossover. But it's just an actor. Um, but you didn't even see that Austin Powers movie. Cool. Uh, we are back. Wesley, I'm going to quiz you on the movie Kingsman, The Secret Service. Remember, it's Kingsman, The Secret Service. They are not numbered movies. <laughs> It just seems like the ball's dropped on that one. <laughs> yeah, they they can't. It's fucked. Uh, so, Wesley, why haven't you seen this movie? And tell me what happens in it. Um, I haven't seen Kingsman or any of the Kingsman movies because they seemed like... So, James Bond exists. We all can agree on that. <laughs> um... Hold on. I have my theories. <laughs> Mission Impossible, the movies are based on the 60s TV show, which is then also like a reflection on the early James Bond like novels and the movies that were starting to come out. So it's like wrapped up in that culture. I don't know if it really was its own thing, but it's... It, I feel like what Mission Impossible is now is pretty much just an American version of James Bond. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Kingsman is now a knockoff response <laughs> to Mission Impossible. And at that point, I was like, we're, we're three, we're two layers removed from the original source, which I enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Col I think Colin Firth's in this movie. Is Am I thinking Colin Firth's the guy from What a... What a Girl Wants, yeah. yes. <laughs> is the, Colin Firth he's, of he's, What a Girl Colin Wants. Colin Firth has been in multiple movies on our show <laughs> in particular. But yes, he was in What a Girl Wants. It's the pants scene. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> the best he, performance I've he seen doesn't, Colin Firth. <laughs> Probably the best performance across the entire show that we have covered is the fan scene. Um, and the idea of Colin Firth being an action hero turned me off. I can barely get excited for when he's just doing a regular dramatic role. <laughs> I'm just not a huge Colin Firth fan, and I was like, I'll just stick to james bond all right what i know about this movie is i think it's sillier than mission impossible or james bond i i there is it's i don't i don't really know it has something to do with uh 
queen, I think. They're okay. just like secret service agents almost. I don't know. And then you're going to have to remind me because I, I just want to get this question out of the way because I didn't write it into my quiz, but I do think it's important that we do have it. What was the wording that you had about Frank and him being a villain? What? What did I? You One of your open-ended questions, what makes Frank oh. like a compelling um, villain? Uh, the question was, uh, what makes Frank a terrifying villain? Okay. <clears throat> so I'll just get it out of the way first. What makes Valentine played by Samuel L. Jackson, a terrifying villain. Um, I, I, I really don't think he's going to be terrifying. <laughs> I have to say, I have had my doubts with Kingsman being included in this season. I think Ethan's just been wanting to show me this movie. Uh, you told me movies with compelling or interesting villains, and that's what I went with. We didn't define <laughs> that we were doing specifically scary or terrifying villains. And I've already created the list of movies I'm doing, and I'm not changing it now. So, based on that very defensive response from Ethan, I'm going to double down and say that he's not terrifying at all. <laughs> Would you like to tell me what makes him compelling, then? <laughs> Or interesting. <laughs> Ethan's getting annoyed. Um, Negative five points. <laughs> <laughs> he's... What's compelling about him? I'm going to say... It's going to be kind of a, a class-related uh villain so like he's gonna be someone that comes from not not much money or no money at all maybe even the streets and he wants to bring down the queen wants to bring down the royal family wants to kill them um, he's tired of some of his taxes going <laughs> towards the royal family which I'm not English, but if I was, I would sympathize with you on that. You, Wesley, an English person. <laughs> Oi! <laughs> okay, great. Um, next question. What is on the newspapers that Galahad, played by Colin Firth, has spread on his office walls? His walls are covered in framed newspapers. What's on those newspapers? It's going to be the uh, stereotypical action hero newspapers. It's like, uh, so-and-so saved the day. And Queen, Knights, Galahad. Okay. There'll be some joke <laughs> about him being called Sir Galahad. King Arthur and the his, Knights his... table. His walls are covered in the same newspaper <laughs> from the day that he was dead. It's like uh, it's like when you do a pattern in Animal Crossing and it just covers it with the same thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then my final open-ended question. This should be very easy for you to guess because you're a big dinner host guy. What does Valentine prepare for dinner for his billionaire guests? Going to go up... I have to go with the Shrek 2 answer, a full pig roast. All right. Donkey! I'm just doing the end of that scene because I <laughs> don't remember the... <laughs> you don't remember any of the lines that provide context <laughs> to what that not scene's about. Not a single one. Nope, just Donkey saying his own name. That's uh, that's the only thing I remember. Hey, man, it's been a minute since I've seen Shrek 2. And when I say a minute, I mean two years. It's about time for me to get on it again. You could have said, uh, what's the line about the soup? He compliments the soup, and then it turns out it's just the water to clean your hand. It's because so much of that scene is in facial expressions. Yeah. Anyway. I'll make a mean weird rat stew. 
That's from Shrek Wine. <laughs> All right, moving on to multiple choice. Number one, what is the tech expert's code name? A, Merlin. B, Arthur. C, Excalibur. Or D, Q. Oh, man, this is going to be <laughs> King Arthur related, isn't it? I feel like it's going to be either Excalibur or Merlin. I'm going to go with Merlin because it'll be called, you know, the Tech Wizards. So. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. <clears throat> Number two, before being the... Sh- before becoming... <laughs> before beating the shit out of some dudes at a bar, what does Galahad say? A. How I despise the poor. B. Please let me finish my pint. C. Manners maketh man. Or D. Veni vidi vici. I'm going to say let me finish my pint. All right. You got it. Number three. What is Valentine's end goal of his evil plan? A, to end cancer. B, to solarize global energy. C, provide an unlimited food supply. Or D, stop climate change. Uh, I feel like cancer is too milk toast. Mm -hmm. No one gets excited by that anymore. (laughs) No, it's like, we can't do it. We tried. We gave up. Radiation's all we got. Um, I'll have to go with End Hunger. End World Hunger by providing an unlimited food supply. Yeah, that's what I said. It wasn't one of the options, so I had to turn it into the option <laughs> that was closest to it. Because <laughs> you don't listen to me anymore. <laughs> we need to go to therapy. <laughs> We need to be like the um, My Favorite Murder podcast hosts who hate each other so much that they have to go to therapy together. Never listen to an episode. I don't like it. We one day we'll hate each other. Be like if one of us was co-hosting American History Tellers with Lindsey Graham. Because I'm guessing he would hate both of us. Multiple choice number four. How does Valentine ensure that he has access to almost the entire world's population? I think that's a pretty good Lindsey Graham. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read the question in my normal voice so that you're not flabbergasted on my Lindsey Graham, no, not that one impression. Imagine it's June 4th, 6.15 p.m. <laughs> you're receiving the fourth question of multiple choice. <laughs> Uh, this joke is for no one. <laughs> Except for Lindsey Graham. <laughs> yeah. Lindsey, come on the pod, dude. <laughs> I, honestly, I would take it if the other Lindsey Graham came on, <laughs> thinking that we were inviting him. Well, fellas, I just, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my next question about... <laughs> There will be blood. I don't know why you're making me do this. You already covered it. I'm a big fan. This was recorded back when Ethan was stuck in the hot closet. Wow, you remember those years ago. (laughs) Senator Graham has listened to all the episodes. (laughs) But he's not the Lindsay we want. Multiple choice number four. How does Valentine ensure that he has access to Almost the entire world's population. A. He gives everyone free Wi-Fi. B. He puts on a concert with each country's most popular bands. C. He starts the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Or D. He starts a universal basic income program. I feel like the correct answer is going to be universal... Uh, basic income, but I'm gonna go with the pop <laughs> singers. Yeah. I'm gonna get this movie as close to rat race as possible. <laughs> <laughs> because one thing they don't tell you in Rat Race is that Smash Mouth is the most popular band <laughs> in every country on earth. Mm-hmm. 
Might as well be walking on the sun. Uh, multiple choice number five. Galahad kills a building full of A. Soviets. B. Westboro Baptist churchgoers. C. United States soldiers. Or D. Samuel L. Jackson's <laughs> plural. I'm going to go with U.S. soldiers. <laughs> I think okay. it's going to be really tasteless. <laughs> okay. Just like uh, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. How oh, that was tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? Uh, I just wanted to write the most incorrect answers that I could <laughs> for my multiple choice. <laughs> Not that I can have fun again. I had a week off, so I can have fun now. Yeah. It's nice to Moving see that little true. smile is back. <laughs> <clears throat> Moving on to true or false. Number one, Ewan McGregor makes a cameo in this movie doing an American accent. Yeah, sure. Okay. He's pretty good We've at seen him. big. I've seen Big Fish. He does an okay job. Uh, third season of Fargo, he did pretty good. Hmm. True or false number two, when the cadets are asked to pick a dog, our main character, Eggsy, chooses an English bulldog. That sounds right. Yeah. I feel like I've seen an English bulldog. The trait I've seen an English bulldog before. Yeah. That's a breed. That's a dog. I'm pretty sure that's not a cat. Uh, true or false, the sinister countdown clock is stopped at one second. Sure. As if that matters to anyone. <laughs> no. Now, here's the most important question. Uh, true or false, the Kingsmen kill Barack Hussein Obama. Sure. I I do think these movies are batshit crazy. <laughs> True or false, Elton John has a sizable cameo in this movie. I know he's in one of these movies. I don't know if it's this one or not, but I'll say yes. And then the final true or false question, knowing that you've answered true to all of them so far. <laughs> true or false, Eggsy does not become a Kingsman agent. So the main character does not become the titular thing. Uh, I'm going to say false because there's other movies. So, Okay. All right. Um, let me go ahead and send you. Those gr- Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> He's killing me. <laughs> We send you the screenshots. What is this file? <laughs> yeah, why does it come as an ABIF file? <laughs> I don't have Can anything to open. open? <laughs> 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 All right, hold on. Let me let me let me grab this and see if I can do it. <laughs> is this still an ABIF file? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> All right, um, this is Sir Michael Caine. I'm guessing he's the head of this organization. He is toasting. What? Yeah, is it toasting when you clink glasses together? No. I don't drink. You do. I think it is. Or is it cheersing? It's cheersing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's toasting. toasting. I don't or is toasting when when you have a speech That's and you what open I was the air thinking, yeah. and then you cheers? Hey, somebody who's a big drinker, look this up. Hey, alcoholics. Hey, um, large man with beard and red dress. Tell us the answer. <laughs> I don't know if that guy's ever toasted or cheers. I think he just gulps. <laughs> He's only ever done keg stands and then goes down on people. Apparently. Where's the keg? He loves to eat out. <laughs> In every sense of the phrase. 
a man doesn't cook his own <laughs> meals. Let me make that very clear. Um, Michael Caine is cheersing a very young man. He looks like an influencer. I don't know who this is. I'm guessing he's an agent in the Kingsmen, the newest recruit. Um, or it's just his grandson who's come to work. Uh, this is going to be towards the end of the movie. I really have no, I'm really thrown by the fact that I didn't get a screenshot with Colin Firth. <laughs> so, like, I have just put zero thought into who else is in these movies. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me Michael Caine's in this, but I don't know who this kid is. I didn't anticipate <laughs> anyone being young in these movies. <laughs> It uh, may come as a surprise to you that the boy on the left is the main character of this movie. Wow. I always got the vibe Colin... that these movies were kind of trying to get the like middle-aged man nope. audience. Uh, it's based on a comic book, which I've heard is not very good. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. I have heard that. Hmm. <clears throat> All right, well... Uh... <laughs> this is towards the end of the movie. This guy got recruited. This is the recruit. Colin Firth did not get recruited. I think that's Vladimir Lenin on the bust. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, these people are too rich to uh, have a bust of Lenin. Buddy, that last statement might have just earned you another point. Wow. <laughs> that's why you just got to keep talking. All right, it's coming in long. It's coming in slow. It's coming in slow club. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Game Show. We ain't seen nothing yet. The current score is Ethan 7 and Wesley 0. You used to be able to find this week's movie on Max, but right now I think it's only available for rental. So I have to pay Wesley to watch this movie. Yeah, let's let's tell our audience that we pay each other to rent these movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they definitely don't just come out of our own pocket every single time. I was so mad at Max, I almost paid for uh, uh, Blue Velvet, and I was going to make you pay me. <laughs> um, follow us on Twitter at We Ain't Seen It. On Twitter, you can follow me at Powerful Goose or on Letterboxd at eGeese. You can follow Wesley on either platform at Baby Wesley. And remember to get defensive over a movie starring Kahlo. And remember to get defensive over a movie starring Colin Firth. Follow it on Substack. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Follow it on Substack for more. I said bye. Questions. Would you rewatch this movie? Season specific question. <laughs>